Hello and welcome to Table Talk. It's so good to have you back with us tonight. I'll tell you what, what we've got on Table Talk. It's, uh, I'm really excited. We've got uh, Gemma. She's going to be sharing with us pretty soon um, about her journey to the UK and also about the uh, recovery of the COVID-19. And, you know, a lot of us have lots of questions around that. So it's, I'm so excited having Gemma on with us. We also have P Pastor PJ bringing us an amazing message. And so she'll be um, halfway through Table Talk. I'm pretty excited about that. So I'm looking forward to what Pastor PJ has to share with us. Pastor PJ, she is our pastoral care pastor. She's an amazing, she's a, a fully qualified counselor. Um, uh, you name it, she's uh, uh, been senior pastor of, a, of, a, uh, of the Tyroor Elam Church. Yeah, whatever she's done so much in her ministry uh, i'm so excited to have her with us and also just let you know that this is live live stream this is not pre-recorded so what you see is what you see so if you do find an issue with this live stream what i encourage you to do is just to hit the refresh button which is just to the top corner just click that that kind of like half circle little arrow just click that refresh it and provided you're still on the same link you should be back in again and joining us for table talk so i'm excited so Let's get into um, our very special guest, and that's Gemma. So, Gemma, uh, hello, Gemma. Are you there, Gemma? Say hello to everybody. Hello, Gemma. Oh, hello. Can you guys hear me now? Oh, I can hear you now. So, here you go. Yeah. So, say hello to everybody again, Gemma. Oh, hello. Um, it's good to be here. I'm really nervous. but um, yeah. oh, You're going to do great. You're doing great. So that's awesome. Hey, Gemma, um, so you have recently come back from the UK. So so during the time of this COVID-19 and and, uh, and the big scare and everybody rushing to get back to New Zealand, were you part of that group that was trying to get back to New Zealand before the borders closed? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So tell us, yeah. what was it like in, in, in England or the UK, wherever you were? What was it like being in, in those countries where, especially with the COVID-19, it has really gripped those countries more than it has here. Um, mm -hmm. So what was it like um, living, especially in that last week and getting ready to get on that plane? Did you think that you weren't going to make it? Or tell us, how did you feel? Yeah, um, it's very different to here. Like, um, it was, in a way, felt far more relaxed, um, just comparing to how everybody on New Zealand is on board with um yeah looking looking out for it um but yeah that last week was pretty crazy I'd been watching um like watching the news um keeping an eye on things for quite some time because I saw that kind of border by border was closing and I was like am I sort of I kind of wondered if I was going to get stuck there or had to um have to choose and then um yeah uh what happened, my Italian flatmates, they sort of one day decided that they were going home the next day because um, Italy was in lockdown and they didn't want to get stuck in the UK. Yeah. And I had no idea that a week later, pretty much at the same time, I'd be doing the same thing. Um, yeah, it was when, it was, yeah, just crazy, uncertain times. Um, my job contract was just finishing too that week. Um, so I'd kind of been getting used to the idea that I might have to jump on a plane, but then, um, yeah, the government sent me an email. There's a, um, an email address you can subscribe to when you're traveling. And it pretty much said, yeah, the government's making it official, recommending that all Kiwis come home. Um, yeah, mainly because they are they were closing all the transit routes. So um, yeah, I booked a flight for three days later. It was, I did kind of wonder, because um, I'd heard rumors, um, you, you hear like talk of all like fake news and right. news, what sources are coming from that. Um, I think the last, uh, one of the last routes to go through was, um, the United Arab 
Emirates and I was kind of I heard a rumor that they were closing like the day like the day after the day that I booked my ticket um right. yeah and I had a friend who was on um I think the last flights which was like 24 hours after mine so it was wow. um a pretty crazy experience I'm like, I can't believe I got home on time yeah so I had three days oh two and a half days to pick up um yeah made it right. so you, you two days to pack up your your whole life that you had in UK how many years were in UK for Oh, only one year. Um, one year. Yeah. And I probably will, I'll try and go back if this all um, goes back to normal because I've still got a year left on my visa. But um, yeah, it was um, it was quite a hard decision because I'd been working up to that. It was like my dream for like a few years to to live there. Um, but yes, yeah, so in a way it was kind of good that it happened pretty quick. Um, and there kind of was uh, no other option in a way because um, I was going to be there without a job for who knows how long. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's no place I'd rather be right now. I would have found it quite hard to watch um, New Zealand go through lockdown from afar. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen here either. So you you return back to New Zealand and um, you you come through and did you have to do a test um, mm -hmm. um, to see if you had COVID nineteen? So you did that, got the test, and then yeah. when you got the results back um, that you actually had the COVID nineteen virus, tell us how, what was that like? What was what were you thinking at that time? And mm. tell us what kind of help did you get from the from the government? yeah um it was oh, it was a bit surreal i just kind of thought i think i cracked out laughing because i was like what are the odds that i would get it um yeah um and then but the government they just sort of handle it very well like how they were testing people if you had um like even one very very mild symptom like i just had a very mild scratchy throat which in normal times i wouldn't have paid any attention to it um so i flagged it at the airport and then yeah, I think they've been calling me like every day since um, from different departments, like I've had customs and then, but mainly the health people, like the local um, Rotorua Lakes um, health, oh, what do you call them, health services calling me every day. Yeah. Um, they, they're checking that I'm in, so I'm quarantined, but I, um, and that I'm just how I'm doing health-wise. Um, I think just because like, especially in that um, my symptoms got, they were their worst, um, I think pretty much as soon as I, um, arrived on New Zealand soil like after that asked have I had all these lists of symptoms and I said no all I'd had was that funny throat and then I was in the domestic airport and I was like why is my body aching um yeah so that was the kind of the worst week um wow. and very lucky like haven't had any difficulty breathing um but yeah so they check up on me um yeah even had a visit to the door because one day I missed a couple of phone calls two days in a row because they called while I was still asleep. And so like they were right there, like very present, <laughs> checking that I was okay. But yeah, yeah, I think um, New Zealand's done so well. Like it's such oh, a wow. good place. So they really looked after you, checking up on you, making sure you're okay. So you're not locked away in some government facility with armed guards doing patrol around? Well, no, no, it was just, um, yeah, just an Airbnb unit. It was just my 14 day self isolation become quarantine. Yeah, yeah. New, New Zealand styles and how uh, lockdown. But hey, um, so that, that's really good that you, all you had was a scratchy throat and an aching body was your worst of the symptoms. Um, and so you are you still recovering or you, you're near the end of the recovery? What's it like? Um, What's happening now? Yes, I've just got a little lingering cough. It's not much at all, but um, it's. I'm pretty much I can leave quarantine once I've been symptom free for two days but since I'm still coughing um yeah um it's just been like a a cold or a flu maybe I'm not sure if I've had the flu before but um 
yeah, it got a little bit worse. Like after like that, I think that night where I got to New Zealand where I, my body was aching. And then I think the, the probably that, that night and the two days afterwards were the worst. It was like a cold or a flu where I just had like aches and chills. And yeah, that's like um, a flu. there was one point where I sort of, I think my chest felt heavy and tight and I could sort of start to understand why they would say how, how they were worried about people with existing like lung conditions. Like it was a strange feeling, but I didn't have difficulty breathing. So yeah, and I was just, oh. Very lucky. <laughs> hey, that, that is really, really good. I'm so glad because you're looking good and you've been doing some workouts um, and keeping yourself fit and strong. So uh, what I do want to talk about is a bit of a bit of your testimony and um, mm. and I, what I've got here on just reading on Facebook that what you posted and I, and I love the the first line that you that you put on on your on your post and this is what it says. It says, "Did I get a Disney happy ending plus a superhero power?" I, I love that line and it's kind of like the line to get you into reading the whole thing and and then your second line was uh, from being a, a ruined wreck of a human being to auditioning for frozen on the west end and representing new zealand abroad and i'm just going to leave it at that and i want you to talk more about that so already that's just drawing you in about it so you you've had um so uh, you suffered from anxiety and depression is, is that correct and tell us wh when did when did that all happen and how did you get out of that to i mean to go from from being a, a wreck to uh, auditioning on West End, West End, man, that's 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 something most people will never do. So, how did you do that? And could you tell us a bit of that journey? Yeah, I can't believe I did that. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I guess my whole Elsa. Oh, pardon me. Oh, yeah, that's that's my head in mind. Um, yeah. um, a snowman. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, and that was I learned a lot in that process. Um, yeah, I guess I, uh, where do I start? Yeah, I, I think I've just had like a bit of anxiety my whole life and it kind of all came to a bit of a head about, I was, I lose count now, five, four or five years ago, like had a big burnout. I think I've just been like in a slow burnout my whole life. Um, like even like during teenage years, like up and down with depression and anxiety. Um, yeah, I just remember, like, I don't remember, I don't remember the way it felt, fortunately, but I'm um, like, I just remember thinking, I know that I felt I was just like not in a good place. Um, like my, I just think my, my, just my mind and my body was just so like tired from trying to do life in a way that um, didn't work. Um, yeah, so it brought all this stuff up. And um, yeah, I just, I just specifically remember um, thinking, oh, I don't have anything to offer the world and yeah. there's nothing that interested me. Like it was, it had been that way for quite some time. Um, like I had, um, been burnt out and then I was kind of I didn't completely realize what it was at the time it was around a Christmas time about five years ago and then I kept going to work for another six or seven months before I um, yeah quit that job I'm um, self-prescribed unemployment I'm um, just because I was getting worse and worse and worse um, still kind of functioning on the outside but just deteriorating um, yeah and then I moved to Australia to, um, with my family and started this big journey. Um, and then I uh, sort of started uh, trying to have like quiet times again and I got this word sing and I've kind of received it consistently, just quietly. And so, um, yeah, between- So, so, so you, you went to Australia. Yeah. And in your and so you're still feeling anxiety and, yeah. um, and then you yeah. in your quiet time with the Lord, um, the Lord gave this word sing. So yeah. were you a singer? Oh, no. Not at all. I couldn't sing. I could sing the first two lines of Happy Birthday. <laughs> but yet you got this word, sing. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. yeah, which felt right to me because I'd always thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice to be able to sing in church and like just like let it go and not feel like, because I couldn't, like there would kind of a croak would come out if you, you know, when happy birthday, if you start too high, as soon as it gets too high, like nothing would come out. Um, <laughs> but I always just thought Story that would more. be nice. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, there's other things that I like to, I wanted to go do dancing classes, all these other things I wanted to do. Um, but yes, yeah, so it made sense that um, I was being told to sing. But at the time, I didn't uh, understand how significant it was. Like, so why would I pick that? Um, like, I wouldn't have naturally gone after that 100% because I'd be like, why would I choose singing over dancing or if I like drawing or this and that. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've been chipping it away at it over the last um, maybe three years. Um, like doing, it was a lot like hard work. Like you'd go to work and then, oh, I don't want to go to choir practice, but I'd better go. And then um, like singing lessons and investing money and time, um, like nights. Um, what else? Uh, at my job, I used to work for Te Wananga Aotearoa. So just very, um, oh, that was just such a nice work culture, really good place to learn, yeah. sing more and learn about oh, my Māori roots and um, uh, kapahaka. Like, I think that for me was when I first, um, that was the first kind of group singing performance I ever did. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that was like really key. Like it was just a safe, supportive environment to sort of yeah. start. So it was through the this, this singing that um, you began to, um, get a hold or um, begin to, to get that confidence back and that anxiety that was coming, uh, you're able to push that, uh, basically break through from that is through this. So this word that God gave you singing, singing you just like began to focus on. Yeah, it was like kind of my lifeline, like just because I sort of, um, back when I was in that place that wasn't good, like I just sort of like had no hope at all. And so I'm just so relieved that I got that word. Um, because it was kind of like, you know, what's the point of anything? Um, yeah, it just gave me something to look forward to. It was kind of that, and I had that sort of, that word sing, and then I had always been fascinated about the UK as well. So I was kind of like working towards those two things at the same time. Um, yeah, and on the way, I learned, learned about my Māori roots. Um, yeah, it was it was like a long three years, though. like it was an up yeah. and down recovery. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you're going to give advice for someone out there who is maybe going through a bit of anxiety and depression, um, like, like, like you said, it's, it was a, it a three-year process. It, it didn't happen overnight. For somebody who feels trapped, for somebody who feels like, um, for somebody who feels like uh, they can't get through this, um, what advice would you give them? I'm just pausing because I want to give a good answer. Um, I feel like our journeys, like what we go through, like um, are so different. Like I feel like anxiety and depression can be so different for everybody. So it's about, you just have to do, well, I'd say don't be afraid to make a change when you're ready. Cause I know it can be hard when you're exhausted and um, it can just be a struggle to do basic things like brush your teeth. Like I've had days where I didn't brush my teeth um, uh, and yeah, don't be afraid to um, make a change or reach out. And I just know for me, like I've even in that recovery, like um, even um, like a couple years past that lowest low point, still feeling like maybe I've just gone, you know, it's oh, two steps forward, one step back and I might reach another little low. And I just remember being so frustrated being like, oh, it's been two years, it's been three years, like why am I, 
why does it feel like I'm back there again? And it's just um, change. It was just about changing what I was doing. It's like, okay, I've tried that. That didn't work. Um, so I'm just going to try something different. So it's kind of like I had that hope of uh, just working on my singing, going to the UK. That sort of was something for me to aim towards. But then around that, I was trying all sorts of different things like natural health and then um, oh, I can't remember. There's so many things I tried. I spent like a lot of money um, just trying different things. And then I kind of ended up coming back to um, just finding an antidepressant that worked for me. But even that in itself was a bit of a journey because it can take, um, you might have to try sometimes the first medication you try doesn't work and it can take a bit of time to one, does it work? And then if it's not working, you have to come off it and then it takes time. And so, it, it, yeah, I would just say, hang in there one step in front of the other and um yeah don't be afraid to try something different and just reach out um yeah yeah absolutely and you know with antidepressants because what it is it's chemical imbalance and it's like it's like anxiety and depression like any other sickness if i've got a cold or if i've got a flu or something we'll take medication for that and, and there's no difference when it comes to uh when when, when your mind because with anxiety and sometimes it's that your, your mind is need some um some boost just like you do for cold so um you also journeyed with god through all these things and you uh, you sung in church and how has god helped you on this journey oh yes big time i could not have done it without him um yeah i would say like, i definitely had times where i felt distant like maybe times where i wasn't even reading my bible or praying but i just knew i think what i've learned is that even when i'm not faithful i know that he is and that and sometimes what I've been in my lowest points has been what's gotten me through. Because um, I sort of go through in cycles where I might just be very like um, uh, disciplined and have my quiet time. But then other times it just becomes a bit of a chore. But it was just so, um, yeah, that, is it a Bible verse? I don't know. But like just about his faithfulness, like it's amazing. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like I, couldn't have done it without him like, I wouldn't have got that word sing um and even if I had just had that alone like I wouldn't have um realized that it was a path to um I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't have realized it was a path I was meant to go down um and if I'd done it without him like it would have been um yeah I don't know it wouldn't have been the same like yeah I just can't quite imagine life without him and then even in the UK like things just fell into place like things oh, and here back home like things just fall into my lap like um good job I had a I lived in a really good area in London like it was a very nice area um and I had a whole flat to myself for five months I'm like, like who does that happen to it happens to me um they're <laughs> renovating but um yeah just like so much so many crazy things like getting to go to Romania with the um the London car park group um so you you went to you went to um London and you joined the London Kapahaka group. How did, how did that happen? Um, I, because I'd been, got into it at my work and I'd done Kapahaka at, here at Elam Church um, was how I, I got into it and got, got hooked. Um, and then I was told from friends both here at Elam Church and at my work that there's a, a London Kapahaka group. Um, and then, yes, I could kind of always knew that I was going to um, go there Um yeah, so I just started going um, after I'd settled in. It's kind of just going for the company. 
and just because it's fun to just sing like the practices are just fun um yeah. there's the food there it's good um yeah and then just kind of i just didn't i actually had no idea that it was going to end up being bringing so many more opportunities like somebody told me i was going to like go to romania with um and with a group of people to support so you them. toured um, romania with this kapahaka group well just just i don't know if you call it tour but yeah, no, sure. Totally. Yeah, you went on a tour. So did yeah. you have to be selected or like, how does that work? Yeah, um, so um, you do have to be selected. Um, so um, the, the Kai Athena, like the, the teachers um, uh, will choose, oh, you first express if you want to go and then they will choose who, who will make up a, who they think will make up a successful group. Um, so I wasn't chosen the first round because I was brand spanking new. Um, so there's no surprises. Um, yeah, but it got to maybe like a week before not even that um someone messaged me and said um that because somebody i think hadn't couldn't go for some reason um and so they were looking for somebody to take their spot and i think um what had happened is people had seen how um because i'd already done a christmas concert by that point they'd seen how i was able to learn songs and dance um and they knew i could sing a little bit and i think that might be why I was picked and maybe and maybe because they knew my work was flexy so maybe yeah. they just needed to and the whole so thing I, of don't give up right even if you don't make it the first time you just keep and you just don't yeah. give up and you never know and so you you you, you did represented New Zealand with the kapahaka um yep. and then you did sing and so what other things did you do um oh there's there's a lot I always there's there's like a lot London's like, I'm just looking at my notes, because London's like the city of opportunity. There's so much that happened there. Uh, did my first solo while I was in the UK, which for me is a huge deal, because like even like this, um, like if there was an audience, if I could see an audience in front of me right now, I would be like, I wouldn't even be able to talk. I'd be so scared. Um, it's okay. It's only me and you. There's no one else watching. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah to my first solo. Um, yeah, did that audition for Frozen thing. So that was open auditions. So right. like it, they were doing it in a, um, a few cities. It was like kind of when I just got there, I was just traveling around, visiting different cities, trying to figure out where I wanted to live. And then I subscribed to this um, the stage um, newsletter. And they're like, oh, open Frozen auditions. So I went and did that. Um, yeah, which was, oh, it was just very cool to learn how to do an audition properly. Like quickly got, um, I had three singing teachers. <laughs> I just wanted to like upskill as fast as I could. And um yeah, ended up with um, my singing teacher was like she's like a West End actress and singer. So I just feel really, really lucky that I got to have her and do that and like learn um like from a professional like how to do an audition if I wanna do one again like that. Oh great. Yeah. So what what is it she, that she goes? Elsa? <laughs> okay. Hey, um, could you just show us a bit of that audition? No, just kidding. Just kidding. Not oh. uh, that's amazing. Um, so, you know, here you, here you are like a few years back. You're, you, you're wrecked um, emotionally, your mind. Uh, and but through this, God gives you a word. Gives you a word. And sometimes that's all you need is a word. And it's just that, that, that still quiet word. Um, and, and sometimes like, what does that even mean? And like at that stage, you didn't even sing. Uh, you didn't even sing. And now... It's amazing. The doors are open. You sang in church. Um, you you joined the worship team, and oh my gosh! And and now you're West End. So, um, could you tell us what some of the high, what's one of the biggest highlights of going to um, UK? Oh, one of the biggest highlights. 
I'm probably gonna like say one and then I'm gonna be like, oh, there was another good one too. But okay, I think- um, Give us I a was, couple. <laughs> oh, I'll give, you, I'll give you one. So in two weeks, I was meant to be going to Rome with the Kapahaka group, which I was like, and then they, and they picked me in the first time round. And I was like, really? Like, wow. um, so yeah, this was um, oh, in Feb- at the end of February. They, um, they told me, um, obviously it's all postponed, maybe canceled. Um, now, but um, I just thought um, that was cool that it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, thinking, imagine if going to Romania was the one and only time. Like maybe if I was just like a space filler, but I was like, oh no, it actually is possible if you if you keep doing the hard work and that's right, putting one foot in front of the other and putting yourself out there and um, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I, it's, it's a, oh, I love this, uh, Gemma. So here you are. Like, what a great testimony. So if you're out there and you and you're suffering um, with anxiety, um, depression, look. Um, just continue to hold on to God. Um, it may not happen overnight, but uh, one step at a time. Just take one step at a time. It may not seem like wins, but one step at a time. And, um, and uh, well, Gemma has a great testimony about that and where she went. Maybe you could be going to uh, UK out there or, uh, or going to West End. Who knows? So, Gemma. Um, before before you go, uh, we love to what we love to do is a bit of a um, trivia. So I'm going to introduce um, PJ. She's our guest speaker. So Pastor PJ, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, awesome. Hello. So Hello, Pastor, Pastor PJ. Ed. So you, she's going to um, be doing the message after this. So Gemma, we're going to have a bit of a trivia challenge between me and you. Okay. And um, there are no, you don't get any awards with this, and you're not getting any trips to Rome or anywhere like that. But what you will get is some bragging rights, okay? So um, PJ's got some questions, and we're going to um, answer. And whether um, are we going to best of three? Best of three. Best of three. Are you ready, Gemma? Already. Are you, Gemma? Is any is there area that you're really really good at that you want us to go down? Um. I'm okay at geography. Okay, we'll make sure we won't ask any geography questions. Okay, thank you for that, Gemma. So right. anyway, <laughs> hand it back to PJ. So here we go. So basically, PJ is going to ask the question. First one to answer, answers right, you get a point. So you just got to answer. Just don't wait. Just go for it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. The first question is a Bible question. Okay. So how long has Lazarus been dead? Three days. Four days. Four days. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Ants, just as well. <laughs> <Don't> you <know? laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, Gemma, um, normally I get all the Bible questions right, so I'm so glad I got one right. So here is question two, geography. Geography. Oh, there is a geography one. Yes. <laughs> Which is further north, Sydney Opera House or the Big Ben? The, the what, sorry? Or the what? Big Ben. The Big Ben in oh, London. Oh, sorry. Did you say the furthest north? Yeah, the furthest north is Big Ben. Big Ben. Very good. Is that a yes. pie? Yes, that is. That's a pie. That's a pie. Big Ben pie. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, Jim, we got we got that one. Okay, here we go. We got one for one. One for one. An entertainment question. Which bear? Is Christopher Robin's best friend? Winnie the Pooh. Oh. Kaipa. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. 
Oh, Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Oh, okay, here we go. Come on, Barstreet. Time for me to come back. This is the comeback. Uh, another uh, geography question. Oh, <laughs> here we go. On which continent is Hungary? Europe. Europe. Yep. All good. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. So okay, now that's the two. last question. Here we whoever, go. Whoever answers this one will be the winner. Okay, it's a here Bible we go. question. Yes, ready? Okay. Is what sort of sacrifice does God wants us to present our bodies? I'll say the question again. What sort of sacrifice does God wants us to present our bodies? A living sacrifice? What was that? A living sacrifice? That is correct. <laughs> oh, I hope I got that right because I'm especially being the pastor. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, Gemma, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, uh, is there one one last piece of advice you want to give out there to somebody who is going through anxiety right now? What's one piece of advice? Oh, I think it really is just one step in front of the other, whether that's going, taking it day by day or hour by hour or minute by minute if you have to and reach out for help. Oh, that reach out for help. Fantastic, Gemma. Thank you so much. Say goodbye to everybody, Gemma. Hi, Gemma. Thank you, Gemma. See you later, Gemma. Fantastic. Well, that, that was amazing. Uh, what a what a what a great um, uh, testimony and just hearing how God has taken somebody that had been ruined a few years ago to to the West End. Well, I'm really excited. We've got Pastor PJ. She's bringing us a, a message a message for this season. So I'm going to hand it over the over to. Pastor PJ. Thank you, Pastor PJ. Thank you, Pastor Ains. Well, greetings from our family bubble to your family bubble. Uh, we are at the moment in isolation because Yalta, who is a nurse in Waikato Hospital, has been in contact with somebody who's got the virus as well, just like Gemma. And so that means that we are in isolation for uh, at least for 14 days. Uh, so I have called this this table talk uh, message, Uncharted Times. So when we read in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, it says, there is a time for everything and a season for everything under the sun. And as we read in chapter 1, it says, there is nothing new under the sun. Well, you might think, really? Well, our generation has never faced anything like this. But a pandemic is nothing new. It has happened many times in history. We live in uncharted times. Uh, we face the unknown. We're feeling out of control or out of our comfort zone. Uncertainty about jobs. Uh, we might feel anxious. Some of us are in lockdown and even some of us are in total isolation. Although we talk about lockdown and all of that, I find we can also find in the Bible there are many people in the Bible who have gone through uncharted times and even sometimes in isolation. If we think of Moses, uh, his life was totally uncharted. Who would have thought that the prince of Egypt would end up in a 
in the desert and was in isolation for nearly 40 years. What about Joseph? I mean, his life looked so promising, but then he finds himself in a pit. He finds himself in a different country. He finds himself in a prison. And obviously it has a good ending that he becomes also the prince of Egypt. And also I want to mention Esther because how does this Jewish girl ended up in a palace and becomes a, 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 the queen? And then with all the circumstances that happened there, she mentioned that she was born for such a time like this. I believe that this generation, we are born for such time like this. We might have all different thoughts and responses to the COVID-19 season we live in. And all our settings have changed, even beyond our control. Lots of change, lots of adjustment to our normal life settings. Some people are not working. Some people are working from home. But our lives uh, have, are centered now around our homes. I was thinking if we take a flight, and I hope that we in the, in the future, we're gonna go flying again here in New Zealand or overseas. We always hear the announcement before it starts to lift up. They always ask us uh, to change, to make change on our devices and to change our settings to flight mode. Even when, um, when things are not working, like a phone or a computer, and it happens in my uh, world quite a lot, uh, the first things we go to, or we are told to, to check our settings. And we make sure that everything is set right so that the phone or the computer or anything else is working properly. So somehow in life, we look for things to shift. And we try to do some different behaviors, but most likely the issue is not in our external behaviors, but it's in our internal settings. And in this uncharted season, we do respond all in different ways, but it pays in uncertain times to check our settings so that we continue to fulfill, even in this time, uh, fulfill the purposes that God has for us. And if our settings are not right, or not right in some way, uh, we might not end up where we thought we would. Some of us might even wonder at times, how did I end up here? Not that it's planned as such, but it could be that our internal settings were a bit off. So the issue is not in the external, but the issue is in our internal settings. And sometimes we need a reset. To set means to establish, to set in position. You know, we set sails when we are going on a boat. We set something in concrete. And as we're living in crazy times, the media is just out of control with all the different platforms on social media. Even more than any other time in history, we have been exposed to all kinds 
And it's easy to waver, of course, or get distracted or get influenced by all the news that is bombarded in our homes now. Unless we constant and daily check our settings. I want to tell you a story. Uh, as you know, or as you can hear, I'm Dutch. And so I'm born in the Netherlands. So in 1953, there was a flood in the Netherlands. Uh, there was a storm. It was in January, end of January. There was a storm. And that is not unusual. Uh, storms come and go. Uh, but this storm uh, took uh, strength during the night and surprised all people in the Netherlands with this ferocious storm. And sadly to say, 1,836 people died in that flood. The floods and the waves were so overwhelming that the sea defenses could not hold it. And for those who do not know, but 17% of the land in the Netherlands is below sea level. And 50% of land exceeds one meter above the sea level. So you can imagine uh, how much destruction this storm brought to the land, to the property, and the loss of people. And so obviously, nobody wanted this to happen again. And so they had to change their settings on their dikes and locks in such a way that such a disastrous event through a storm would never happen again. And so that's when the Delta Works came into being. And since then, no, at any time has been there a storm would took so many lives. So that brings me to a story in the Bible, which is in Matthew 7, verse 24 and 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down and the stream rose and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. And the rain came down and the stream rose and the wind blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. The settings there were, they were established their foundation of their life but that determined the outcome of their life. So in a world of shifting sands and every sense of the word, the winds are shifting and changing, and really it's hard to keep up with it all. And we all wonder, where is this gonna go? It's, it's more important than anything for us as people of God, for those who are believers, that we have our settings right. 
so that we are not going off course. And even in this time, we accomplish the purpose of God. It's all in our settings. So I wonder where you sit today. The Bible says in John 8, verse 31 and 32, it says, if you abide in my word, then you will know the truth. Truth will set you free. The fact is, you have to abide in the word to know the truth so that the truth will set you free. It's not any truth that can set you free. It is the truth that you know in the word of God that sets you free. It's not only knowing, it's also putting that into practice because otherwise we are only hearers of the word and not doing. It's astounding to me sometimes that Christians are not set in the word of God, but they are more set in the world, in reality TV, on all the media platforms, and so on. But Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one can come to the Father than to me. So let's set our foundations again firmly on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. Especially in this day and age we are living in. So my question is tonight, where are you set? Because your settings will also determine the course of your life. The Bible talks about lots of settings. But the bottom line is where God can set you is determined where you are set yourself. Maybe you look at sometimes at certain people and you think, how did you get there? If your internal settings are not right, but you're behaving like they are, you have a disparity. And if so, if that is true, you would, your world has every potential to, to collapse. And maybe you can play it this for a while, but in the end, it will catch up with you. God desires that we live from the inside out and not act that we are believers or Christians, but that we are, we are one, to be one. And I know we are all on a journey, just like Gemma just um, testified of her beautiful journey that she has with God as followers. But as followers, we need to keep abiding in his words so that we will know the truth, living it, so that that truth will set us free. Because Christ has set us free by abiding. So there is an ongoing revelation that we never stop. We never stop learning. We never stop gleaning from the word of God. We never stop putting it into practice what we believe is true. It is a walking, walking journey. So the Bible talks about many different settings. It's about our heart, our mind, our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our feet, 
our hands, and he even talks about our butt. Yeah, okay. Saying, don't sit in the council of mockers. And it talks about our fingers because they are trained for war. It talks about our hands because they are for battle. So if we're not getting ourselves occupied with the Father's business of God's business, we get stuck in somebody else's business. And it says in Colossians 3, verse 3, it said, set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. So let's look at the heart tonight, because it says in Proverbs 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, it means uh, you better prioritize this, because everything flows out of it. All the issues of life flows out of, out of our hearts. Any issues that you have, the finance, relationships, moral, physical, spiritual, emotional, any issue of life has its origin in your heart. And if you have a heart that is a bit toxic with unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, pride, lust, you can head for a spiritual attack because you have created blocks. Some years ago, on a beautiful Sunday morning, uh, we had just come home from church and the other was um, just getting ready to help a friend in the kiwi fruit orchards to get a harvest in. And all of a sudden, Yalta felt this incredible pain. And he explained it to me, it's just like an elephant sitting on his chest. And we knew that Yalta was in trouble. So by ringing 111, and obviously an ambulance came very quickly. And then, so Yalta was transported to Thames Hospital and from then on to Waikato Hospital. And so they diagnosed, yes, he had had a heart attack. And one of his arteries was seriously blocked and it could have cost his life. Thank God, on that same night, on that same Sunday, Yalta went in the, uh, the operation and had stent put in. And his life has been as good as gold since. We are very grateful for it. But we also can walk around with blockages in our heart. But then there is the, the power of the word of God that can unblock us. It, it can be just like a medicine for us. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, to flow through it. For example, you know, if we become a Christian and we've been forgiven by Jesus so generously and so graciously, so then God says, forgive others as I have forgiven you. And that is for some of us, it's an enormous undertaking to forgive somebody who has sinned against us. But we all have to make decisions David in the Bible says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. You know, our world is totally out of control. It is overwhelming. 
And that's why people do medicate themselves and numb the pain or have an extra glass to, to avoid whatever is going on. But by denying and avoiding, it, it just not go away. There is a, a reality. And so Psalm 61, verse 2, it says, from the ends of the earth, I will cry out to you. I believe, you know, that includes New Zealand, all of us who live here. And it does not say if, it says when. When my heart is overwhelmed. So that talks to me like there are times when we are overwhelmed with this thing or other. But lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Beautiful. Set your feet what is higher, and then you're able to establish your feet on the rock of Jesus. You know, that doesn't mean that we cannot be honest. We need to be honest, and we need to acknowledge how we're feeling or what we're thinking. And when my heart is overwhelmed, I don't need to run to other things that keeps me in bondage or it keeps me blocked. But I can run to Jesus who says, come, come, all of you who are heavy laden, come and I will give you rest. And in saying that, we do have authority out of our hearts. And even when the world around us looks so crazy and so uncharted, we are able to make decisions to guard our heart and to choose life. We can. And sometimes we do face worry. And sometimes a worry and anxiety wants to rule our hearts. But that is the power of the Holy Spirit that is available to all of us believing. And the Holy Spirit wants to flow deeply in our hearts so that we don't get blocked up. But we keep our heart open and soft. We keep God in the center. And we experience the love of Jesus. This is the Jesus who we just celebrated at Easter. That is the Jesus who gave it all for you and me. So let's have a check. Is your heart still set on Jesus? Is he still in the center of your world? Even though we're going through difficult times at the moment. And another question, is your heart still in it? Because if your heart is not in it, it is really, really hard work. It is trying. I've been there. I had seasons in my life that my heart was not really in it. And it was so hard. It was such a struggle. And it looks like you got it all together. But you know within yourself that you haven't. So ask yourself in this moment, is my heart still in it? Do I need a reset of my heart 
in this time, in this season we're living in. You know, I know that our Jesus is very generous and he's very kind. He is so loving and gentle and powerful Savior he is. You know, that is the Jesus who sees you, who cares for you, who is for you, and who truly, truly loves you. You can reach out to him. You can. Whatever is going on in your heart at this time. Reach out to him in this moment. I pray that you write down, that you sense his presence, that the God who made the heavens and the earth is with you right now. He's in your world. He wants to be part of your life. He wants to be the center in your life. And he is a God who can bring comfort, the God who can bring strength, the God who can provision, the God who brings peace and joy. He is. I want to end this talk by just briefly talking about Paul in Corinthians when he talks about his, his life, which is astonishing what he's had to go through. He'd been flogged many times. He'd been put in prison many times. He's shipwrecked and you name it. It all happened to him. But he mentioned that to not to lose heart in the midst of whatever is going on, whatever, uh, what we're facing now. And we don't know what it's going to look like in a week or two weeks or in three months. But he will say, don't lose heart. God is with you. And obviously Jesus has this last word tonight. He said, in this life, you will have trouble. He's just so honest and real. But he gives us a beautiful promise and a beautiful encouragement to say, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And so I'll leave you with that. Don't lose heart, but take heart because we know the end of this story. When you read Revelation, we know that we are on a winning team and Jesus is our conqueror and he has conquered death already. He had conquered every sin and every infirmity. Jesus is still in control. Jesus is on the throne. So I hope in this time, when you find it difficult, that you will be able to keep reaching out to God because he's there. He is there always. So I'll pass it back to Pastor Ince. Awesome. What an amazing message by PJ. I'll tell you what, um, you know, we've got a prayer team who are waiting, standing by. If you've got any prayer needs of any kind, you know, maybe that's you. Maybe you're feeling like um, you're feeling there's a bit of a blockage and you need breakthrough in that area, whatever that is for you. Or maybe just during this time of isolation, you might you might be in a bubble of one or maybe a bubble of two or even four or five. It doesn't matter how big your bubble is, but you can still feel alone. And so if you need prayer, we've got a team there what's who wants to pray for you confidentially or maybe you're, you're listening and you you suffer through anxiety and depression i love what what um what Gemma said she said you know reach out for help reach out for help and, look, and i know this that you are not alone 
And I think sometimes this is what the enemy wants to do, wants to isolate you and rob you of your hope. I learned that from Pastor PJ. And they want to, wants to rob you of your hope and to isolate you. And especially in this time of isolation. You know, we've got a team uh, who wants to pray for you and make sure that you are not isolated. And, and that's what Christian, that's what Jesus offers. He offers you a new hope. He is the hope of the world. Um, so please um, do not do not um, sign off without getting prayer of any kind. We've got a team that's standing by for you. What an amazing message of a pastor, PJ, and also uh, amazing testimony from Gemma. You know, I do want to uh, thank those who are listening online. PTL praying for Yalta. That's awesome. Um, and she and PTL also said what an amazing. Amazing word that we had. Um, and then Pack. Pack is saying that she's pretty sure that um, that Gemma won that trivia. And just to put it out there, um, I actually won. It was me. Anyway, <laughs> let's move along. Just by one question. Let's put it out there. But also, um, Pack is saying that what an amazing, powerful, the truth words. Um, and those are the people out there. So as we close tonight, just remember... Uh, we've got the pre team that's open. We'll probably leave this open for another 10 minutes or so after this. But do not please, do not go to bed. Do not uh, click off without getting prayer. We've got a team that wants to pray with you, stand with you. And remember, um, you're not alone. You're not alone. God is with you. So uh, also remind you that this Sunday we have our 10 a.m. service. Just click on the same link. It's the same link for all our live streaming. And uh, come along. It'll be fantastic. And share the link with your friends and family. Bring them along. Um, I'm, and I'm sure that uh, they'll enjoy the, the service as well. Fantastic. So um, that's, uh, that's uh, Table Talk for uh, another night. And um, if you just stay tuned, go follow our YouTube channel to keep up to date with all our um, with all our replays. So that's that's table talk. So we'll we'll see you again, the same channel, the same link. Uh, God bless. Have a fantastic rest of the night.